Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsaya, and today we will be studying Daf 47, Mem Zayn, in the fourth chapter of Masechet Yevamot. Let's shortly summarize. The Gemara is currently dealing with the question, when is the moment of conversion? Milah, after circumcision, or after Tevilah, immersion? And on whose testimony do we accept them? The Gemara asks whether proof that a person converted with a Beit Din is needed both if he or she converted outside the land of Israel or in the land of Israel. Now, 11 lines from the top, the discussion continues into the motivation of a convert. The Chachamim Omrim Bein ba'aretz, vein b'chutz la'aretz, tzarich ra'aya so the sages state, both in the land of Israel, as well as outside the land of Israel, proof is needed. And continues, For truly, it is written, in your land. Why is it necessary to say so? It is needed in order to prove that even in the land of Israel, converts may be accepted. Remember that the discussion is about a person who is not known in a place and comes and says that he or she converted. The Gemara discussed whether he or she is believed depending where the conversion took place. It is assumed that if the person converted in the land of Israel, ulterior motives might be suspected because of the might and wealth of Israel. But if outside, where there is no economic advantage to claim to be Jewish, such a person would be allowed. Why would he make up such a thing, basically, you know? Now, nowadays, when Israel lost its position of power in economic wealth, the Gemara continues, a proselyte might still prefer to claim to be Jewish because he or she wants to be subject to the laws concerning the poor. Therefore, the Gemara informs us that nevertheless converts are accepted even in the land of Israel. Remember on page 24b, where Rabbi Nehemiah declares that those who convert in order to marry a Jew or a Jewess, or for the sake of some material preferment, are not considered bona fide converts. Following this statement, the Talmud adds in the name of Rav that the halacha is in accordance with he who says that they are indeed real, proper converts. So this theme is explored more in detail and leads to one of the more well-known accounts about the procedure in Gyo. Tanu Rabbanan, Ger Sheba Lehit Gayer Bazman Hazeh, Omrim Lo, Marait Shebaat Lehit Gayer. I Atayodea Shi Yisrael Bazman Hazeh Tfuyim, Tchufim, Sechufim, Umetufim. Meaning, our rabbis taught a prospect convert who, who comes nowadays, we tell him 
Why on earth do you want to convert? Don't you know that Israel at the present is persecuted and oppressed and despised, harassed and subject to many, many afflictions? The tenor is clear. The assumption is that someone converts primarily to gain an advantage. We are not talking about a spiritual journey. Historically speaking, that was quite accurate. In the ancient world, it was quite common for people to change and worship deities that they believed to be more powerful or believed to have greater presence in a certain geographic area. It would therefore make sense to assume that a potential convert is interested because he or she expects some sort of advantage to switch to the Israelite faith. But, our Soge continues, Im Omer, Yodea Ani, if he says, I know all of this, and still I feel unworthy, we accept him immediately. This is a shift. Clearly, not only is the potential convert not motivated by material gain or status, we just told him uh, what a tough deal it would be to be Jewish. No, he still insists and even considers himself to be unworthy of being part of such a people. Mekablin otomiyat. Such a person is accepted as a convert immediately. And what happens next? One would expect to hear what the exact requirements are, something along the lines of believing in one God and keeping Shabbat. No, but the Gemara continues, Umodein oto miktzat mitzvot kalot, we inform him of some of the lighter and stricter commandments. But the only specification we get are very specific ones that one might not have expected to hear about at that stage. The Gemara continues and says that the convert is to be informed about the sin of neglecting the mitzvot of gleanings, the forgotten sheaf, the corner and the poor man's tithe. All of these are very specific mitzvot for the protection of the economically disadvantaged in society. It is interesting, I think, that the Gemara chooses to specifically single out these and make them the subject of the very first thing that a potential convert has to learn about. First, now the convert is also to be informed about the consequences of transgression of the mitzvot. And it is explained that he or she should be aware that until now, transgressing Shabbat or eating forbidding, forbidden fats had no consequences. But once the conversion is done, the newly minted Jew will be held accountable to all of these. But, the ain man bin alav, the ain medaktekin alav. But the would-be convert is neither to be persuaded too much or discouraged too much. Kablin, malin otomiyat, if he accepts, he is circumcised immediately. Nitrafe, matbilin otomiyat. Once he is healed, he is immersed immediately. Now, is the order important? For instance, could one first immerse in the mikvah and then get circumcised? There is no doubt that both are required for a giyur to be valid. But does it have to be in that specific order and why? The Tosafot, Dibur Matbilin, on top of 47b, states that the order is Mila, 
circumcision, tevila, immersion. But then, in the case of a pregnant woman who converts and subsequently gives birth to a son, the son only needs mila. One could argue that in his case the order was wrong. His tvila, so to speak, came first. The answer provided refers to the sugya on 78 Aleph, that the child grew within the mother and was part of the mother, and the womb therefore cannot be considered a barrier, meaning a barrier between the waters of immersion that make a valid uh, tvila um, and uh, the baby. But the baby here is not considered to be an independent part. The baby here is considered to be part of the mother, part of the body of the mother. And that's why the immersion of the mother also affects the child. So once the child is born, the baby, he or she, is automatically Jewish if the mother went through the conversion and went to the mikvah in the, uh, the immersion. Now, in the Chidushei HaRamban, I found the following explanation. So, that means, because circumcision is difficult for him. So, therefore, we circumcise him first. So, should he change his mind... He can withdraw, meaning he can then, after the circumcision, after the experience of the circumcision and seeing at that point he realized, oh my God, this is not really what I want to go through, he cannot go through the immersion. And hence, he would not finish his conversion. So he would not be fully Jewish. But if the order would be the other way around, someone who immersed and then was circumcised, and then regrets what he's done, he is nevertheless now considered an Israelite, because the order doesn't matter. We see that the Ramban doesn't think there is significance to the order. In either way, a person is Jewish once he has gone through with both. But it is for, for uh, pragmatic reasons, to give the prospective convert one more chance to reconsider his intentions. Now let's continue. Talmidei Chachamim omdim al gavav umodein otu mikzat mitzvot kalot umikzat mitzvot hamurot. Tavel ve'ala harei hu ki Yisrael lechol davar. Two learned men stand by his side while he is immersing in the mikvah and instruct him in some of the minor commandments and some of the more stringent commandments. And when he comes up after his immersion, he is an Israelite in all respects. What you notice is that it didn't say anything about all mitzvot, the yoke of the commandments. The closest we get is what we just read. We inform him of some of the lighter and stricter commandments. This writer could be understood as all mitzvot, but again, but the would-be convert is neither to be persuaded too much or discouraged too much. How does this go together with what we learned in, uh, in Talmud in Brachot, uh, sorry, in Bechorot 30b, where it declares 
a Gentile who comes to accept the Torah, except for one item, we do not accept him. Maimonides, in Hilchot Isrebiya 14.2, expresses himself very similar to what we read in the Gemara, and also adds, we do not go into detail. He also writes later on that if for any reason this phase of instructing him in some of the minor and major commandments was indeed omitted, the fact does not invalidate the conversion. For one, you'll see in Rashi's commentary on the top of 47b that he mentions the requirement that a candidate has to accept the yoke of the commandments. Now the Shulchan Aruch in Yoridea 268 repeats what my has said, but here we see a request that Lechatchila, uh, the prospective converts, needs to indeed accept the yoke of the commandments. This is indispensable. But even the Shulchan Aruch clarifies that if a convert did not do so, and then subsequently got married to a Jew, his conversion is not invalidated. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.